You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm sitting down today with Bruce Adams and GP. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are we today? Bruce, it's good to see you. Good afternoon. Yeah, yeah. still alive. Uh, we've had some thunderstorms and stuff, so no tornadoes yet have sucked me out. So. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And we're joined by a very special and honored guest today. GP, how are you? Good. You know what? Sometimes, Johnny, when you say, how are we today? Sometimes I'm thinking you're talking to the voices in your head. Well, you know, just the way I mean, some, some days I feel like <laughs> some days I feel like that that's what it is because everything is just so crazy. I mean, I've always said that the world would look pretty normal to a schizophrenic right now. Yes, it would. No one. Yes, it would. <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah. Yeah. Don't pay attention to that voice. You <laughs> I have a hard time with my voice. They stutter. And it takes a while for them to get the uh-huh. point across. Uh-huh. Okay. So h- how are we doing, GP? How are things in Los Angeles? Because that's where we're going to start today. I live in oblivion. You know, the ignorance is bliss. Right now, I'm in Nirvana. Because uh, what's going on in LA, I don't know. Because I'm doing what I always say is take care of my neighborhood, focus on my neighborhood, and uh, not get involved in the parts that are not. And we're good. Everything's life is normal for us. To be fair, you're just kind of a little outside the city there. So you're, yeah, it's, yes. you probably wouldn't notice this. Okay. But you probably know exactly where they're talking about an area in South Los Angeles. There was a protest last night and mm-hmm. apparently the LA County Sheriff's office shot somebody and Ooh, it was sheriff. It, yeah. The sheriff's office. Yeah. They opened fire on a suspect during a foot chase in the area of Westmont. Does that sound familiar? Westmont? Yes. Mm-hmm. The man who was killed, uh, apparently they, uh, yeah, apparently he was uh, shot dead. The man who was uh, who was killed was identified by a local Black Lives Matter group. They knew exactly who it was. And the guy was, get this, the guy was riding his bike when the deputies tried to stop him for code violations related to his bike riding. Mm-hmm. So the sheriff's department said that the man fled the scene. And a fight ensued when the deputies caught up to him. The man allegedly punched a cop in the face, dropped the clothes he was holding along with a firearm. Key Mm. firearm. Yeah. Uh, The deputies opened fire, striking the man. He was declared dead at the scene. The sheriff's department said a handgun was recovered at the scene. And a statement put out by L.A. County Sheriff's Department Lieutenant Brandon Dean said, Our suspect was holding some items of clothing in his hand, punched one of the officers in the face, and then dropped the items in his hands. The deputies noticed that inside the clothing items he dropped was a black semi-automatic handgun, at which time a deputy involved shooting occurred. Um, I, okay, um, so there's there's protests that have erupted downtown. Do, do you not pay attention to what everything involved here? Right. It, I mean, if the police officers run up against somebody that has a gun and that person is holding that gun... Uh, or it looks like they're going for that gun. The officers are trained to respond in a specific manner. And that includes the use of lethal force. That's what they have it for. And that's why the police are armed. But instead, mm-hmm. a protest erupts. Now, a guy has a gun. I, a suspect has a gun. Let's let's just take that part out of it. A suspect has a gun. I don't care what it is. Or a knife. Or some kind of a... Um, of, of something that can be used as a weapon to maim or kill an officer or someone else, and that person is using it or threatening to use it, then they're trained to respond in a certain manner. Based on what this is being portrayed as, 
I mean, we haven't seen any video or anything, but based on how this is laid out and based on the statements that were made publicly by the sheriff's office itself, there's nothing wrong here. They responded how they were trained. Personally, I would like to see the video footage. Me too. Um, I would too. Because I would too. The, there, there is a, the possibility of the guy dropped the clothes and kept running and didn't, you know, go back and try to pick up the clothes. And in which case law enforcement just fired on him because they seen a firearm. I mean, I would be I, I wouldn't be OK with that because he, yeah, that's he a wasn't story. a, a yeah, direct threat at, at that yeah. point. So it, it really depends on the situation of how things went down. However, on the surface, it sounds like, you know, I, I can reason that he dropped his clothes and was going to it was trying to pick them up again. And uh, obviously, yeah, the dude's digging around the firearm back in the clothes. Yeah, I mean, if he's digging around in a bag, you're, you're gonna, you know, yeah, it, yeah, if dude's digging around in a bag, that's a problem. That's a problem. Even if even yeah. if there wasn't a firearm in there, right, the way that officers are trained, they're going to react to that. If you've got someone digging around in a bag, you don't know what's in that bag. Yeah. And usually, I mean, with, with the way officers are trained, when you're digging around in a bag like that, they'll usually tell you stop, you know, or, or you know, show your hands or something, you know, before mm-hmm. they it, it, the first instinct is not immediately open fire, you know, just to be clear. Right. Right. It's not as it's not a knee jerk reaction like that. It sounds to me like uh, it was a simple protest, at least thus far. I don't think this turned into a riot, did it? No. Uh, from what I was seeing, it was it did not turn into a riot. Um, they were legitimately peaceful this time, it looks like, or or mostly peaceful, legitimately. I, I, I didn't see any reports of, of any, you know, buildings being burned down or, or, you know, fights erupting or anything like that. OK. All right. Well, that's fine. Uh, speaking of speaking of riots, Portland seems to be getting worse, doesn't it? I mean, we talked about the uh, the guy that was the, the Trump supporter. He was shot dead up there. And I saw the video and I also heard the audio. And Bruce, did you hear it? Yep. I, I've seen and heard it. Yeah, that's not just something that's done by chance. Clearly, that's as much as I hate to say it. That's an execution. That's what it is. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, no question about it. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's clear cut. And they got the guy. They, they got the guy that did it. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. They well, they, they caught who they suspect is the guy. Yes. He, he claims to be 100 percent Antifa. Um, they identified him based on a tattoo on his neck, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah, I saw photos of a real pillar yeah. of the community. He is. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. They've got him. But here's the bigger problem. Here, here's the bigger problem. Now, as if that wasn't bad enough, but here's the bigger problem. You have a city mayor who is continuing to do nothing. You've got a media that is stoking the uh, the fires, shall we say. The DHS chief has come out and said that he's telling the Portland mayor, Ted Wheeler, he's telling the mayor to ask for federal help. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't, then he says that they will send in federal officers to restore order. That's what the DHS chief is saying to Ted Wheeler. Bruce, Mr. Constant, or excuse me, Mr. Uh, Mr. Government's bad, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got a federal government who is looking to restore order. You've mm-hmm. got a situation that's spiraling out of control. You've got a mayor that is, quite frankly, is on board with the uh, the people that are shooting the people in the streets. And Mm -hmm. that was that's proven in the the letter that he sent to Trump just last week that we read and said Mm -hmm. that uh, basically told him to stay away from uh, from Portland. Okay, so you have that situation. On top of that, what do we see? You've got a convoy of pickup trucks, a convoy of pickup trucks. And when I say pickup trucks, I'm talking good old boys. Okay, they are heading into Portland to try and deal with this. This is my bigger concern, my my larger concern. And I I, I want I want your um, 
your take on this, because at the end of the day, we're federalists, right? We believe in states' rights. So yeah. I want to know what the options are here, because here, here's the bigger danger. We've been screaming for the better part of two to five years here. I'll use it in a broad sense. Or I'll use it in that that broad timeline, because this has been going on longer than than two years. Ferguson, hello? Just just throwing that out there. You mentioned that last week. We've been saying since Ferguson, if this group, this violent out of control group of Antifa and BLM, if they are not stopped, then they're going to kill somebody. And guess what? They killed somebody. And if Didn't you have killed somebody years back, wasn't it like a police uh, officer or something that had gotten killed years back? Well, I, I don't know if they BLM? were. Yeah, I don't know if they were killed, but they've been parading around all over the country saying, "What do we want? Dead cops? When do we want them now?" Right? That's been Antifa's thing. Uh, I don't know if BLM's been doing that, but um, BLM actually been doing no. That. Actually, no. Yeah, there was a guy I heard a speech yesterday. I'll see if I can pull it here in a minute while you're while you're talking. But uh, there was a guy I heard in a speech yesterday and I'll I'll see if I can grab that clip real quick. But this is the bigger issue. You have a mayor that's on board with the people in the streets, with the riots. You have a federal government that's ready to step in to restore order and do what needs to be done. And you have patriotic citizens that have said enough's enough and they're going into Portland. I've seen posts and I've seen statements made by patriot groups saying, we're gearing up. We're going to Portland. We're on our way. And so if if the feds, my, I guess my point is this, is if the feds don't step in, if they don't step in and they don't quell this violence, then the people are going to step in. And that runs the risk of getting very much out of hand. Would you not agree with that? So I, I believe uh, unless it's happened again with, with the trucks going into um, Portland there, uh, that was the same night that the guy had gotten shot. The, the trucks were going in before he had gotten shot. And I the, I believe the, the guy that was shot was one of the supporters that was a, a part of that or something. And they were leaving or in the process of leaving. And he was, for whatever reason, looked like he was by himself or kind of detached from the other group groups. And that's when we hear the um, guy that killed him say, or someone around him said, we got another one over here. And that's when you hear the two shots and it, mm. the guy gets killed. It, it's honestly, if if the government doesn't do anything, if the government doesn't step in, if we don't see a federal or even um, state or local law enforcement go in and clean this out, we're going to see more of the, the, the Kyles out there. They're, they're going to take it on themselves to, to arm themselves and go out and try to protect the, uh, the, the property and whatnot. Which, by the way, I, I uh, learned that he was only 20 minutes away from his actual home. Uh, it was a 20 yes. minute trip. Yeah, 20 miles. And he he worked there. He was a lifeguard um, in, in, in that town. So uh, it, technically it was his city in a sense because that's where that was his place of work. But anyway, this is going to become more of a problem. This is going to happen more and more. And honestly, I don't see it as a problem if the government's not willing to step in because it, it is on – if the government's unwilling to protect you, then that the Second Amendment has to be used by the citizenry to protect themselves. I mean, that, that's that's, that's the way our system is set up. Right. And I, I'm concerned with going to that level because there's no assumed um, the, the level of training and res- restraint that the citizenry will show versus law enforcement. There, there's a bit of a gap there. 
and there's also no badge or anything to to show the citizenry citizens um authority if you will there's no kind of like built up trust or built up um uh, at least authority and you can have roving groups that claim to be protecting and you know that's where we can see uh, chaz's uh rise up or you know uh, different situations like that however what else are you going to do I mean, what else? If if the government's unwilling to protect you, you have to take up arms and protect yourself. Honestly, the president needs to. I don't. I don't care that there's an election going on right now. It does not matter. This is an insurrection. This is a civil war. It's no longer just uh, you know terrorists or. Well, I mean, they are terrorists, but it's no longer just these protests or riots or looting. No, the organizations that are founding this, that are that are organizing all of this, they're. Their claims are to destroy our entire entire system. So where's the government in protecting us from this? So Insurrection Act, president should use it. We should see federal troops in every one of these cities that are having riots, and it should be put down with an iron fist. And um, I mean, at this point, we're what, 70 days or something like that for the Portland yeah. ones straight? Yeah. Um, it's time well, to go in and Portland's and, and been clean going it up. on for like yeah Portland's been going on for like two years. <laughs> uh, we're right, we're into but, the, yeah but, we're into like the since the courthouse has been threatened to be burned down and tried to be burned down then yeah that's about about a month and a half yeah you're right yeah the the, the but that one is specifically there it's been going on every day Portland has been going on I mean during those years there's been breaks like it's only been on the weekends right. for example right currently it's been every single night uh, for like however long it's been so. But my point is, he needs to he needs to go in and, you know, I'm torn at this point. I, I know this is this is kind of probably something not to say on podcast, but tear gas isn't working anymore. Rubber bullets aren't working anymore. The pepper spray isn't working anymore. They're, they're still coming. It might be it might be time to use a little bit of heavier hand. And I hate I hate saying that. And I hate that it's come to that. But well, the you're thing destroying is, people's lives and 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 livelihoods. Yeah, and and the other thing is, and honestly, I don't I don't think that uh, I don't think that that's too out of line because, and the reason I say it's not too out of line is because they don't know anything else. They don't know anything else. They don't know. You, you can't look. People think, okay, well, if we're just peaceful with these people, are not peaceful. They're not peaceful. They don't have any desire whatsoever to sit down at a negotiating table. They want one thing. And that's war. That's what they want. That's what this is. That's what this movement is. This movement is not about uh, coexisting or acceptance or uh, let's talk about it and come to a compromise. They're not in the business of making deals. Trump might be the art of the deal maker, but he is not going to be able to make a deal with this. You cannot make a deal with this. I've been saying that from the start of this thing. You cannot make a deal with this. They're not in the business of making deals. You notice what's happening now? Have you have you seen what's been slowly progressing? The guillotines. Have you seen that? I know you've yeah. seen it, Bruce. Yeah. Th this is getting further and further out of control. They're out in front of Jeff Bezos' house with guillotines. Yeah. You know the Amazon guy? Oh yeah. Now let me ask you this. This is an important question, and I I found the BLM clip. This is an and should I play it now or should I should we just go on? Which one was it? Is it the? I mean, it's it's relevant to what hang we're on. talking it's, about, right? It's from yeah. It's from. Um, hang on. Find it. Give me a second. Let's mm -hmm. see. I'm at the point where I'm going to put these police in the. I'm at the point where I want to burn the White House down. I want to take it to the senators. I want to take it to the Congress. I want to take the fight to them. And at the end of the day, if they ain't going to hear us, we burn them the down. I'm one that talk real shit. I talk it in New York and I talk it in D.C. The same way I police up in New York, I
Does that answer your question? That's a BLM rally in DC. That just, I mean, that that just hones in on my point. It's you can't negotiate with these people. You, you can't make a deal with this. You cannot make it. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're, you're going to tell me you're seriously going to tell me that you're going to sit down and you're going to have a negotiation with someone that talks like that publicly and encourages that. They're not in the business of making deals. It's it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I've read about movements like this time and again throughout history. They don't sit down and make deals. They are not interested in what you have to say. And more than that, this is the other problem. You notice the Dems are now distancing themselves from this. They own this. They, they own all this. They have to stick with this. And you heard, uh, did you hear the interview with Kamala Harris when she was on with, um, she says, uh-huh. look, these are, these are good. These are going to continue uh, even after the election. Doesn't matter what the outcome is. You're, yeah, you're, running, was, you're running for vice was, president, lady. Yeah. Like, do, do you that, not? That was actually like a month and a half ago. But yeah. Was that a month that, and a half? That, well, uh, okay. That interview. Either way. Yeah. Either way, either way. Yeah. Month and a half ago, hour and a half ago. I don't think it matters. No. The the riots a month and a half ago were just as bad as they are now. Yeah. I just look, here's the other thing. And I, I don't know. I don't know if if the Democrat voter out there, if they don't wake up to this, to this and understand something, if you're a Democrat out there and you're, and you're listening to me, OK, fine. You have to see what that party has become. This is what it's become. Is this what you signed up for? You know, I, I get that we can have disagreements on on certain things. Okay, fine. I mean, I'm not one or the other. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm I'm a guy in the middle. But I believe in America. I believe in our values. I believe in our system. Now we might differ on the surface about certain things, and we can do that all day long. We can argue points. That's what makes our system great. Is we can do that. I've voted for Democrats in the past. I voted for Republicans. I know a lot of them. I, I know a lot of Democrats. And they're not on board with this. They're not in line with this. They're jumping ship. They're going to the other side. And I think a lot of Democrats are doing that. I I think a lot of them are starting to see that. But what's it going to take if you aren't seeing it up to this point? Are you on board with people that talk like that? If you're you're a Democrat, I'm not talking about a Republican. If you're a Republican, they pretty much have their minds made up already. But if you're a Democrat, what does this say about your party at the current time? What does this say about it? And the entire DNC, and I could be wrong, maybe I missed it somewhere because there was a lot that went on at that DNC. But at the DNC, did either one of the candidates, Biden or Harris, either one of them that are on the ticket, did either one of them denounce talk like that? Did either one of them denounce the violence? I don't think they did. And now they're starting to distance themselves from it. They're, they're starting to understand that these riots are bad for the polls. It looks bad. And people aren't on board with it. Do you think people want their businesses smashed out? You think people want their their houses? And, and don't think that's not going to happen. They're going to go to the suburbs next. They're coming. They're coming. All the people that think, OK, well, we're just going to leave the cities. You're not willing to stand up for what they're doing. It started with the statues. Do you remember? Oh, it's just an old statue. No one cares. If you don't stand up for that, it's it's just in a different. It's just like it was. It's that old saying: when they came for the Catholics, I didn't care because I wasn't Catholic. When they came for the Jews, I didn't care because I wasn't Jewish. They came for the evangelicals, I didn't care because I wasn't even. It's the same old story, but it's just in an abstract form. When they came for the statues, I didn't care because you know I, I don't care about that statue. When they came for the businesses, well, I didn't care because you know, I didn't shop at that business anyway. When they came for the police officers, that's what they're going after. Well, I don't care because I don't live there. Well, what's going to happen when there's they no came one after left? Our speech first. Well, yeah, they did, but that was that happened years ago. No one's willing to stand up for these basic of things. That's the point I'm trying to make: is no one's willing to fight for these things and. When they knock out all of this supporting structure around everything, when they finally come for you, and they will, there's nothing left to stand on. 
There's nothing left if you're not willing to stand up and fight now. It's just like what we're sitting here doing. Do you think we want to sit here and do this? No, we don't. But we do it because we have to do it. We have to do it. We don't have any other time. We're out of time. We're out of options. This is what we're doing. People have to make a stand. And my concern is, is that if people don't make a stand, then we're just going to end up down a very, very dark road. And that continues to be my um, uh, my concern in all this. And I just I, I just I, I see it going. I see it going a, a way where people are going to get hurt and they're going to get hurt on both sides. And there's no need for it. There, there's just no need for it. Uh, GP, you can chime in there. I'm, I'm just rambling on here. Go ahead. <laughs> it's OK. I mean, it, it's that's true. You're correct. People are, and and you say people are going to get hurt. No, people are getting hurt right now. They're getting hurt now. It's just escalating. It's escalating. It's getting worse. Worse. I uh, I'm sad that it's it's getting to this point that you allow people. If you allow people to misbehave, they're gonna continue. They're gonna think this is that's correct. It's right. This is the right thing to do. The longer it goes on, the longer the are more. It's gonna be entrenched into their being that this is the right thing to do. Because you're telling them that it's okay. You're telling them when we have Portland that it's okay. That's 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 a great thing. That's awesome. It's amazing. I can't believe not the rest of the country is not like Portland. That's what you're telling them. Because all they need is a little bit of their truth, and they'll they'll turn that into a sword and shield. But the bigger We're takeaway losing. here is is it's not. Yeah, it's not. Well, honestly, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. If you look at a lot of the public opinion polls, and I don't like polls, I, I don't trust them. But even if you look at some of the polls, it's a coin flip. They're dead even. And in some cases, the RNC, the RNC numbers came out. Hmm. African-American support for Donald Trump by the numbers rose 9% after the RNC. Now, I think those numbers are probably conservative. I think yes. it's probably more than that, a lot more oh, than that. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of people already in support of it the second the riot started happening. That too. There's been a lot yeah, of that shift. Too. That too. But it doesn't mean they're going to vote that way. That's true. That's true. But I mean, let, let's look at it from, uh, from okay, your community. Your community, mm-hmm. you guys are a tight-knit group out there, right? You, mm-hmm. you talked about how uh, they were mm-hmm. looking to come down there and have a protest. BLM was going to come down there and have a protest. And everyone in the community got together and you stormed the uh, the local elected officials' offices and said, "No, you're not," because people didn't what they didn't want their businesses burned out, right? They didn't want right. the rioting. They didn't want the trouble. No. They didn't want the violence. It's unpopular, no matter what label you put on it. Whether it's white, whether it's black, whether it's Hispanic, whether it's Asian, doesn't matter. People don't want the violence. They don't want the trouble. Americans, on average, we don't like violence. We're born out of violence. That's why we detest it. We feel guilty over the fact we had to do what we did to become the nation that we are. So we don't like it. And we just want to be left alone. That's what it all comes down to, isn't it? We just want to be left alone. But the ones that are in power that have the authority to, I guess, sway the uh, the opinions of the groups, they don't. They, they, they don't sway the opinions of the groups. They don't talk them down. They don't come out and denounce that. They endorse it. They encourage it. Do you remember Maxine Waters? You know, the, the wonderful uh, congresswoman from uh, from your state, GP? I know it's not your district, I don't think. Or maybe just, maybe she is yeah, LA. Yeah, I, I remember know. her. What'd she say? She said, if you see anybody at a department store, at a gasoline station, at a restaurant, you get out, you create a crowd, you push back on them, you tell them they're not welcome. That sounds like steaming up the base to me. Yes, I, that's that's the difficulty is they want the riots, they want the violence. But who's really the they? Who's the one pushing these people to violence? You know, is it really the politicians or is it somebody behind that? 
Or is there something behind that? Behind, yeah, it's behind them. The, the politicians are just naive enough to think that they're going to have a seat at the table if that system comes in. And it's losing them. Yeah, well, it's what it is. And they're losing marks in the polls. It's bad for business, especially at the moment. Mm -hmm. The Democratic Party knows as they get closer and closer to election time, the poll numbers are starting to come in. But see, here's the problem. They're stuck. The the Democrat Party, they're stuck. They're stuck in a catch-22. They own those riots. They won't denounce them, yet they're trying to. They're trying to. But honestly, I think that they've lost control, even if they were able to maintain some kind of control over it. I don't think there's any way for them to quell it. It's, it's grown beyond their control. Uh, Bruce, you can weigh in on that one if you like. Do you think they've lost control? Um, I do think they've lost control. Uh, in fact, that's Kamala Harris saying um, we kind of touched on it. She was encouraging the riots and, and, and uh, saying that they're not going away and they shouldn't go away. So. Yeah, to your point, I don't think the politicians realize what's going on. Like maybe they know history and maybe they think they're going to make it different or maybe they're so arrogant or I, I don't know. But every time we've seen these kind of uprisings in history, they're replaced and usually they're killed and, and you know, someone else takes power. I, 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 I don't know what they're thinking, honestly. Uh, I really don't. Let's play that clip of Kamala Harris. Uh, and I, I want to make clear that I, I know that there are protests still happening in yes. major cities across the United States. I'm just not seeing the reporting on it that I that right. I had that's right. for the first few weeks. That's um, right. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's they're not. This is a movement. I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. And and everyone beware because they're not going to stop. It is going to. They're not going to stop before election day in November, and they're not going to stop after election day. And that should be. Everyone should take note of that. On both levels, that this isn't—they're not going to let up, and they should not, and we should not. I, I don't think you need to hear any more. I, I really don't. Everyone should take note of that. Does that sound like a threat to you? To me, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, it, it kind of sounds like they're airing their battle plan, if you will. That's what it is. And, and she's she's doing yeah. this with a smile on her face, by the way. Yeah. The the other thing that's uh, I don't know, kind of troubling, I guess, is. Um, they're sitting here blaming Trump the entire time, saying he's the one that's being divisive. He's the one that's, mm-hmm. you know, causing these riots and stirring them up. And then yet we have them on record saying the riots should continue going. They're they're good um, and they should not stop. They've been given the OK to keep going. What? <laughs> that's not. Uh, no, that, that should not be. That, that should never come out of uh, um, one of our politicians mouths. And if any of them ever utter it, we should be immediately recalling them and having an emergency election to get them out. I agree. I agree. And and she comes out. She she's on the she's on the presidential ticket. She comes out and she says this. Yeah, this is uh this is um June. This is in June, I believe. Um, That's when they started. That's when they started. Yeah. And, and and she's talking about how this is a this is a movement and it's growing and it's and she says it's not going to stop before election time and it's not going to stop after the election. And it's- as you said, and it shouldn't. And she's doing it with a smile on her face. And mm. if you could see the video, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, sorry, the uh, the listener can't see it. But if you could see the video, the en- it's it, the enthusiasm that she has when she's saying it, it's there. I think, though, now we are. She said that in June. OK, we're a few months into this now. I think at this point, they're starting to see the backlash. They're starting to see the poll numbers come out of it and they're judging public opinion and people are walking away. What's the bigger takeaway from this? What, what's the bigger takeaway from this? City mayors. And I'm not talking about the major cities. I'm not talking about New York, like with the likes of de Blasio. I'm not talking about Chicago with Lightfoot, uh, Durkin in Seattle or Wheeler in uh, Portland or Garcetti in Los Angeles. I'm not talking about those. But if you look at a lot of Democrat mayors 
around other parts of the country in blue states, in blue states, example, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, right? Midwestern blue states. Democrat mayors are coming out publicly in support of Trump. Are they not? There, there have been some that have, uh, I believe there was a letter where six mayors signed or, or something to that effect that said they were supporting Trump and they were, they were Democrats. And basically they were saying that the Democrat party has gone insane and we can no longer really support um, their agenda, their, their principles or what have you, or, or lack of principles really. So yeah, you know, I hope that Americans across the board are, are pretty much against all this and against, you know, the insanity. I, I hope that's where it's at. And they're just being quiet because they're, they're afraid of the mob. But I honestly don't know. I don't trust the polling. But at the same time, what if the polling's right? You know, I mean, it's kind of a, you know, I, I don't that, trust that the polling there. Yeah, I, I don't trust the polling either. I, I I never have. But the reason I think we don't trust the polling is because we know that the polling is usually heavily skewed in one direction. Yeah. And in this case, when the polls are that close, that means if they're if they're that close and they're skewing it in one direction, then usually it's probably worse than what it is. Because I mean, let's think about it. If you have a poll that's put out by I don't know. Um, was it what's the other one? What's the company that puts one out? Five, three, eight. Yeah, I think there there's one and there's like yeah, five. Axios did one recently. And yeah, Axios, uh, Rasmussen, they, they put out polls and uh, Washington mm-hmm. Post puts out polls. New York Times puts out polls. All these companies, all these people that put out polls. Usually there's a, you, you always have to look at how many people they poll, what demographic, what political so- affiliation, all that stuff. And, and usually they're always I hate to say this. I don't like party politics. I don't like it at all. But I hate to say this, but they usually put the the polls out that are skewed towards the Democrat side, the left side. They, they always do that. And when you look at these polls, if they're dead even or they're within a point or two, usually when the polls are even skewed, that means that they are looking bad. They're, they're looking bad. Honestly, I don't think that this is going to be one of those uh, those too close to call things. I think they're going to try that because if you look at look at the way that they're behaving as far as voting, Right. Voting. Voting day coming up. Riots Mm -hmm. are fine, but you can't vote in person because you might transmit the virus. Right. Which is it's. Yeah. After the CDC weekend numbers and reports that came out, there's nothing. Right. I mean, there's there's nothing. Everything up to this point, like we've been saying, everything's had a hole blown into it. Around 9000 covid deaths, just covid deaths in the United States since all this started. We wrecked our economies. We destroyed our cities. We've destroyed generations of wealth. We've put people. We haven't even seen the home defaults yet. Those are coming, right? The mortgage yeah. defaults. Those are coming because of all this. We've shuttered upwards of. Well, that's that remains to be seen. I would say it's probably going to be upwards of sixty percent of our businesses long term. Long term. I'm talking four years from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will close right. and they will not reopen. So we've done that because of nine thousand deaths. We did this because some lady that wears a scarf and some dude who's been in there for 40 years. We did that because of those two people. And you notice all this stuff's coming out now that Fauci's sidelined. You notice that? Yeah. Now that he's now that he's out of the way, you've got some people in there that are starting to say, yeah, uh, this is what's really been going on. So it, it just shows how much of a detriment him being in there has been. He's the king of cover-ups, Fauci is. He covered up the AIDS epidemic back in the... Oh, anyway, that's a side issue. It's got nothing to do with this. Uh, yeah, uh, GP laughing at me. We've destroyed everything based on this artificial scarcity, if you will. Mm. Yes, it's a... Oh, go ahead. You want more to that? Yeah, how yeah, scarcity... The rate of comorbidity, okay? 
Uh, We've talked about that before. Recently, uh, I I found what the number is of how many other diseases they had, the people that died with COVID-19. You know, 2.6. They had 2.6 other diseases on average, the people that died from COVID-19. Well, that's kind of a little misleading there, because if you look, if you know, on the um, when you write up a death certificate, if they put in, you know, uh, pulmonary failure and uh, cardiovascular distress, along with COVID-19, COVID-19, say, being the, you know, the person had a cytokine storm and died really from, you know, from a reaction from COVID-19. That's three causes of death right there. The, the thing is, is what, what they're listing as the comorbidity on here, mm-hmm. based on the, the way it's defined, mm-hmm. the person was going to die within one to two years of the comorbidity mm-hmm. without COVID-19. Okay. And co- uh, having COVID-19 just accelerated it. Now, obviously, we're not going to know the exact number of how many people would have died this year anyway, because of the, the diseases that they had. But my point is, is on average, they were already, you know, diabetic or overweight or had heart disease or what have you. They had other underlying conditions that would have killed them anyway, but COVID-19 accelerated it. That's based on the understanding what the CDC has said on the whole comorbidity thing. The Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is misleading in a sense. There is a lot of data to take in and understand, and it's not just cut and dry, but only 6% of them uh, of the deaths from COVID-19 were actually COVID-19. And that was the sole cause. But that's not a problem at all, right? That's yeah. But yes, we, we've done all this damage over that, mm-hmm. over that. And to seriously sit here and to entertain these frauds that are standing up there running for office, like Biden saying he'd lock everything back down again because he'd listen to the scientists. Sir, the scientists have put us in this mess because we listened to them. Which, which scientist is he going to listen to? Well, he said, he said... That he would go. And, well, the question was, I, I believe the question to him was, if the scientists suggested that we lock everything back down again, would you do it? And he says, I would listen to the scientists. Yes, I'd lock everything down. I think that was the answer to his question. Yeah, but my, my question to him is, which scientists are you going to listen to? Well, you know because which scientists he'll listen to. The ones that are going to lock well, everything down. Well, yeah, I mean, based on that statement. But he says he's going to listen to scientists. And we've had scientists that have said, don't lock down. Only quarantine the sick or the the ones that are, you know, immunocompromised or greatest at risk. There was an idea that's been floated. And this is this is kind of what we've done with all previous pandemics. The healthy, those that are most likely to survive the virus should be out there and get the virus. So that the virus, the, your body builds the immune system, you know, the, the immune response, you get the antibodies and everything. And it basically the virus burns out, right? It hits a brick wall, essentially. So that then after it's burned out, then you can have all those that are immunocompromised or most vulnerable to go back into the populace again. That's the general idea of herd immunity. And now because we've been locking down and haven't been out there, it hasn't been allowed to to spread among the populace uh, freely, at least the the healthy populace. Now, when when things open up again, we're just going to see spikes again. It's just prolonging that which is inevitable. That, that's they're the trying thing to about push, viruses. They they're trying out. to push to cold weather. They're trying to push to cold weather. That's why. Because it's it's cold and flu season. Everybody always, you know, there, there's always something that goes around, right? Everybody gets sick. They get sinus infections. And what's it going to be? COVID. It's going to be all COVID. They're holding the second wave to that. But see, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Countries like where I'm at, it was the two weeks. 
it was the two weeks. It wasn't uh, it, it wasn't a full. Uh, it was right around the two weeks or three in some parts and even four in some parts. But basically, after about a month, they started to open back up. Everything's been kind of open since then. And even, uh, you know, parts and, and now that like the government here starting to go back on it and people are starting to say, well, wait a minute, it's an argument in between the government people who know nothing and the scientific community who they're trying to suppress and the scientific community and the, the medical community is coming out and saying, wait a minute, we're already seeing this. We're already seeing this in cases that we're reviewing. And this is already weakened to a point where it's literally just a bad cold at this point. As you said, as it continues to work our way or work its way through and the Europeans to a great extent, not just one particular country here, but the Europeans to a great extent have been out gaining the uh, the herd immunity more so than the Americans have, because everything over there has been hammered, you know, six ways to Sunday. Here they're starting to say, oh, well, yes, we are seeing a second wave, but it's it's less harmful than the first because it's it's working its way through. So you're starting to see it die down and it's starting to become less, um, I don't want to say less virulent, but less um, severe, I suppose. And that's what it is. As a virus works its way through the population, it does naturally become weaker. And that's what we should have done all along with this thing. But instead, instead, we listen to a bunch of know nothings. We listen to a bunch of control freaks. And now we're in this mess. The problem is, is less about the virus and the pandemic. I don't think it was ever about that. It's it's not. It, yes. OK. Initial steps that in in the beginning, yes, you want to pay attention to that. You want to heed warnings, of course, because even as you put it here, GP, whenever you see a new virus into a population, you have all the uncertainties, all the unknowns. So everybody freaks. So you want to take the right precautions in the beginning. Yes, we were asked by our governments to go home for a couple of weeks to make sure that the hospitals didn't get overrun. Perfectly reasonable. Right there. That's where it should have ended. It should have ended. But now that the deaths aren't there, they've had to tie everything to this comorbidity crap. Now that the real numbers have come out, the faulty test numbers have come out, the faulty test statistics have come out. Here's the problem. What did I say about governments whenever they are wrong about something? They will never admit fault ever. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They're going to double down. They're going to double down on this. As sure as I'm sitting here, they're going to double down. So if you think, okay, well, all this stuff has now come out, they have to stop it. No, they're going to double down on this. So it's going to come back even harder. And as I said a couple of days ago, when we were talking about how the politicians work for us, the elected officials, they work for us. As they continue to do this, they're already in the process of, of ruining themselves. They're now to the level where they're disgracing themselves. It's a matter of simply representing the people. It's not that difficult. It's really not that difficult. But see, this plan was coming whether Trump got elected or not. Everybody's sitting there saying, oh, well, this is all about Donald. this is about Trump. This is about Trump. I'm hearing that a lot from people in the U.S. right now. Oh, well, this is going to don't worry. This is going to go away as soon as the election's over. Oh, no, it's not. Because this is not about Trump. This is not about Trump. I, and I can't I, I can't stand that argument when people say that this was coming one way or the other. They needed a way to reset the global marketplace because they screwed everything up. They screwed everything up 12 years ago. We've been living on borrowed time since then. Everything should have gone bust over a decade ago, but it didn't. They've pushed us to this point because I, I don't know. They, I mean, I really don't know the answer to this. They either they needed more time to get more technology in because they couldn't have done it back then because they didn't have uh, the, the smartphone stuff. I mean, they were just starting to come out and, and it just wasn't there. So there was no way for them to, to implement what they're implementing now, 12 years ago. The technology in mass just wasn't there, but now it is. So now they're pulling the plug. And when I say pulling the plug, what do you think that's going to entail? 
Let me paint a scenario for you. You wake up tomorrow morning because this is coming. You wake up tomorrow morning and that gallon of milk you paid $3 for the day before is now 30. You go to buy a gallon of gasoline. It's not $1.25. It's $10.25. See, when you start dealing with hyperinflation, you start adding zeros. This is why when you you go and you purchase something, it's not because that object of the purchase is worth more. It's your currency is worth less. And that's what they've done here. They've printed so much money. We've thrown nine trillion in the US at this problem. Nine trillion. And are we in a better place because of that? This is economic warfare. This is what people need to, to wrap their heads around. And if you're in a bad enough way with hyperinflation, if you're if you're struggling, you're trying to figure out how to do that. See, we've never dealt with a hyperinflation problem in the US before. We're about to. We're about to. And if you think that's bad, then you're going to really love what comes next. You go to the bank one morning to do business, you know, take money, you know, put money in, take money out, whatever, pay something, you know, pay off a note, whatever, whatever it is. You go to the bank. Well, guess what? The bank's closed. Online banks are shut down. ATMs are shut down. What do you do then? You see, you're not going to have any money. They're going to close the banks. Bank holiday. We've had that before. They're going to close the banks. You're not going to be able to get your money. You're not going to be able to do any kind of business with any kind of financial institution. They're going to shut it all down. And they're going to come back and say, well, we've done away with uh, with that pesky dollar. That's gone. We've now got this new digital system, and we're going to give everybody these digital credits or, or whatever it is, you know, whatever they decide on. And that's what it'll be. And that's how you're going to be able to do business. Well, what you think is business. That's the harsh reality of what's coming if we continue to ignore this and we don't stand up and fight for this. D- do you know how close these people are to losing? I'm talking about the the elites. They've overreached. They've overreached. They've pushed too far, but they're committed now. They can't stop. But it looks like if you were to watch the media that they've bought off, if you were to listen to the pathetic politicians that they have scared to death in these elected offices, not all of them. There are some good politicians. Yeah, that's that's a given. That's a given. There are some good politicians. There are people in there that are willing to stand up and fight, but they're in the minority. They're in the minority. Majority of the politicians are scared to death. They don't want to say anything. Two reasons. One, the mobs in the streets, they'll come for them or the people above them will have them destroyed. They've given up on any kind of fight. They don't have any fight in them whatsoever. So to rely on that is, quite frankly, you're wasting your time. But if you were to listen to them, if you were to listen to the useless media, the collaborator media, the trader media, whatever you want to call it, if you're to listen to that, then you would think that there's nothing you can do. There's no hope. You might as well just stay in your house and and be scared. But see, that's the agenda that's pushed on purpose. That's what they want you to think. You put people like we're in Berlin a few days ago at the foot of their offices, right? Where they sit down every day and they do business and they make decisions that rule your life, your family's life, your community's life. When you put people at that doorstep in front of them, oh, they don't like that. They don't like that at all. What were the German politicians saying? Now, the ones that were out there that were standing in front of the uh, uh, the parliament, they didn't storm the building. They got to the top of the steps and they stopped. What did the politicians say? Bunch of fascists out there, extremists, trying to overrule the decisions of what we make in this sacred democracy. That's how far detached these politicians are. They don't even realize, or maybe they do. Maybe they do. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But on the surface, just by that statement, they don't even realize what they're doing is causing people to react that way. That's how far gone they are. You're not supposed to be making a statement like that. You're supposed to be fighting for the people that are out there on your doorstep wanting you to resign because you're not fighting for people. So where we go from here is is anybody's guess. But I, I don't I don't buy the media. 
I don't buy the politicians. I don't buy the agenda that's being pushed because I believe it's what I said yesterday. I believe that it's the bunker mentality. They're making their last stand and they don't know where else to go. They have only one option at this point. They have only one way they can go. You know, honestly, I think you're being hyperbolic. Uh, None of that will happen here in the U.S. Um, Everything's (laughs) fine here. Yeah. Yes. Just a it's all it's all theory. ice all ice cold lemonade and and, and you know red roses uh, and yeah yeah some of the stuff you, you you said specifically this is this is one that I that really pains me to say is Trump said it I don't know what was it I don't remember if it was before he was elected or just after he was elected but he said the media is the enemy of the people right to that effect. And I, when I heard it then, I was kind of like, man, that's crazy. What are you talking about? That's they are. I you were you were saying it. And I'm like, I that I, I don't want to say that so bad. But no, that's true. We're seeing it time and time again that the media is they don't care about the truth. They're not seeking the truth. They're, they're pushing their own narrative, whatever it may be. And uh, whatever it is in the moment, you know, uh, which covid, whatever, riots, uh, riots not being riots and actually being protests, peaceful protests, systemic racism, so on and so forth. We've seen so many different things. I mean, I'm sure everybody remembers the whole Russia collusion and the, the steel dossier and, you know, how all that was a hoax. And or did we forget as the American people because goldfish uh, memory? I, I, I honestly I thought it was I thought it was true. I thought I thought Roger Stone was was convicted and Trump was found guilty and I, I Cohen went to jail. I mean, I, I thought I thought all that mm-hmm. Russia thing. I thought I mean, I thought it was true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I I don't know where we go from here. Honestly, I really don't. I'm hoping for the best. I hope that we pull out of this. I hope that this is just a blip on the radar. This is going to be something that, you know, we're going to look back in history and be like, man, that was that was a bad time, wasn't it? And <laughs> yeah, right. But I, I I saw a meme yesterday, Bruce, and you, you would have liked mm-hmm. it. I'm going to have to kind of paraphrase it because I didn't save it. I probably should have. But it said, hello, September. Please come in. Sit down. I don't want any trouble from you. Just sit there and shut up. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's 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 kind of where we're at. Uh, it, it seems like everything is going. Everything's going nuts. You know, everything's it's just it's crazy, man. And I honestly I don't know where things go from here. Um, maybe. Maybe things, you know, maybe we have a, you know, president gets reelected. Maybe he brings down the iron fist. We get these riots quelled and everything kind of goes back to normal. People realize it. But then we have the inflation that's coming that uh, at this point, I don't know that we can avoid it. The bailouts that he did is kind of staved it off for a time. But if the governors and the mayors get their way and they lock things down again, what's going to happen to the economy? You know, what, well, where's I think it can go a couple of ways. I, I see your point there. I, I think it can go a couple of ways now that that people are starting to understand, I think. And, and as time goes on, yes, I, I, I do hope that it's like you say, I hope it's a blip on the radar. I hope that the Iron Fist comes down and, and these things are, are quelled, because if not, then it's going to unravel very quickly. But historically, and I'm just speaking historically right now, at this particular point, when a country goes through something like this, you're going to see things get more crazy. It's going to get more crazy. It's going to get so crazy that you're going to see more things between now and the end of the year. You're going to see more stuff now in these next few months. You're going to see more 
crazy things than you've seen in the last few years combined. Yeah, It's going to get crazy. And to answer your question about the economy, I mean, the easiest way is is to do kind of what we said in the beginning. Just ignore it. Seriously, just ignore it. And, and more than that, the police, the police, for God's sake, the police, stop listening to these mayors. Stop. Where in the hell? I, I, I can't to this point, to this point, after this, after these riots and all this stuff, you can't seriously sit there and enforce this crap from these mayors. You can't. That has to stop. And then people just have to ignore this stuff. Do you, do you know where we would be? Think about this. Do you know where we would be right now if we didn't have as many good-minded people as we did? Let, let's just say you still had the good-minded, but the average good-minded person out there, they don't want to ruffle any feathers, right? I mean, we're, we're those kinds of people. We don't want to ruffle any feathers. We just want to live our lives, do our business, and be left alone, right? We don't want to bother anybody. That's us. That's where we come from. But we're getting our feathers ruffled. And so the only solution to this is to ruffle some feathers back. Do you know where we'd be if we would have ruffled those feathers in the beginning and said, we're not close in our business. So you out of your damn mind. I don't give a damn what you do. And you put up with it. You put up with it. You force them to show their hand, which is what they've done now, isn't it? They've shown their hand. Yeah. They've taken the mask off. People see who they are and they're they're not walking away from the Democrat Party. They're running. They're running. So the economy, if people make a stand, if people make a stand, if they say, no, we're not closing, I don't give a damn what you say. We're not closing. If you had 50,000 businesses in New York City that said we're not closing, do you have any idea if if you had 50,000 businesses that said we're not we're not listening to you, you communist mayor, we're not listening to you. And they went on about their business. And they kept their businesses open. Yes, the media is going to crow in the streets. They're going to have people out there menacing you. They're going to send the police around to henpeck you. But that's who they are. That's who they are. That's what we've been saying all along. But now it's just our points being proven. They're showing who they are now because they have to. They have nowhere else to go. Hence the bunker mentality. They have to do it now. As far as the hyperinflation goes, I, I don't see any way to avoid. I don't see any way out of that. That was going to happen regardless of the bailouts and the pandemic, regardless, because that that was coming anyway. Uh, it yeah. didn't matter. It didn't matter. Even before Trump was elected, it didn't matter what he did. He did. It, it doesn't matter what he does now going forward. That's been a ticking time bomb for a long time. Everything should have gone. We should have declared bankruptcy in 08. We should have triaged the bad debt. If we would have liquidated the bad debt instead of bailing it out, you know, the George Bush thing, well, we've got to abandon the free market to save the free market. The hell kind of sense does mm -hmm. that make? The cure is worse than the disease, right? We can bring that up to modern terms. So by doing that, we should have cleaned out all the bad debt. All these financial institutions that are now ruling the day, they should have gone away 12 years ago. All of them. Citibank, JP Morgan, uh, Barclays, uh, Santander, uh, Deutsche Bank, Commerzbank, all these banks should have gone bust. Every last damn one of them. They should have gone bust. They should not be there. They're zombie institutions. They're being propped up by fiat. But now that we have them, we're stuck with them for the time being. So we're going to have to go through this. And it's just a matter of how bad it's going to be. And like I said, we're going to go through that crash landing Right. It's going to happen. I mean, it's one of those. It's like watching a slow motion car crash. Right. That's that's kind of what this is. And, and those of us that that know all the stuff that goes on behind the curtain and we can put all the piece, all the stuff together. It's really hard to do uh, to, to sit here and do this every day to piece all this crap together because it's really it's a nightmare. It's a nasty web of stuff. But we know what's coming. We know what's coming and it's going to hurt. 
it's I mean, I don't know any, of any other way to put it. It's going to hurt. And you're going to see a depression, probably the likes of which the U.S. has never seen before. Uh, and it's it's based on let me put it this way, where we go on the other side of that, because it will get better. It will get better. But where we go and how long we're in that predicament is going to be based on how well we manage that crisis while we're in it. So if we can make some right decisions, at least some, maybe, can we compromise here? Can we at least make some right decisions going forward? Can we get rid of these these frauds, these illegitimate frauds? Can we get rid of these people, please? Can, can we drop the hammer and get rid of these these morons? I'm, I'm trying so hard to keep my composure and not fly off the handle here. Can we get rid of these people? Can we get rid of the ones that are putting the boot on the face of the economy and and of our way? Can we flush them finally, please? Because they're not doing anyone any good. They're trying to take us back a thousand years. They're not trying to launch us into the future. That's what the whole point of this was for them. Before I get on another tirade, we probably need to end. Do you have anything else you want to uh, you want to add to that? Either one of you. Your white privilege is showing. Uh, no more gendered language. Oh, wait, not, <laughs> yes. not the right time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes, there is that. I mean, I mean, you have people that come in and say, "Point um, of personal privilege." Yeah, go ahead. Please do not use gendered language to to address everyone. Okay. All right. All right. We'll, we'll be sure to work on that. So, see, GP is a very angry individual when you when you start down that path of of uh, talking about gendered language. I mean, when that person mm-hmm. stands up, when that individual stands up, I mean, usually they they mean business. Mm, mm-hmm. And violating other people's points of personal privilege in doing yes. so by yes. yelling. And, and you, need to, by, you, need, to, you yes. need to be careful because people do suffer from sensory overload. So, so you need to be mindful. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. It only took two days for them to be able to come up with one discussion. Yeah, two days of these are the rules in order for us to talk. Yes, yes. That that was jazz the, fingers, whispers, jazz hands. Yeah, and jazz hands, whispers, and uh, every twenty Quiet minutes, a timeout to uh, Quiet spaces. to Aggressive reflect sense. on the possible. Yes, no words that end the word. Nothing that ends in a period. Because it can trigger. Mm-hmm. I've heard about that. <laughs> seems too aggressive. I, I've actually heard about that. Yeah, I heard about that yesterday. It, those there was a study that was. I don't. It doesn't matter. All right, we'll talk about it later. Anyway, yeah, talk all about right. It later. Uh, we're <laughs> we're gonna night. have to. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to end. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys for sitting down today and listening to me rant as usual. Uh, which it's been a good couple of days since I've been on a rant. It felt kind of nice, but we are gonna have to end. So um, for those of you who have not, you'd like to please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. We love getting all your feedback, your likes, your echoes, your comments your upvotes. You can follow me over there at janderson 3 You can follow Marty at Marty Foster, or you can follow GP at... Oh, he's not there. So you can't follow GP. Yeah. <laughs> I um, think if be you afraid would, of my comments anyway. I, honestly, no, I, I would not be afraid of your comments. I, I would actually like to see the uh, the walkabout that you're going to take. We'll talk about that another time. Mm, so yes. as that gets closer. But for those of you who would like to reach out to us and you do not want to reach out to us on social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. You can address it to uh, attention GP, and he will be sure to answer that. No, no, no answer. You're not gonna, you're not gonna answer that, GP. You're not, you're not gonna answer fan mail. I'm not answering you. You're not answering <laughs> me. <laughs> you're not gonna give me the satisfaction. Yeah, okay. Um, and we would humbly ask you to uh, pass this along to friends and family. We are trying our best here to promote good, healthy conversation in and amongst people circles because right now, trying to find like-minded people is getting ever more difficult, especially in all of the uh, the madness and the chaos that we're seeing. So, but yes, if you would recommend us to friends, family, and known associates, we would really appreciate that. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts 
or any of the respective platforms you listen to us on that has a rating system. If you could please drop us a rating, that would be very helpful. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. GP, Bruce, thank you for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.